Hola, hola, gente. This is La Sirena, and I am back with some great guests here on the show. Um, and I also just want to say that I am so glad to be back. I know that we had a lot of changes to our team, really exciting stuff um, that La Luna and La Rosa went on to do. So wishing them luck. And I always like to say in healthy families, people can fly. Uh, so we have two great Latinas out there doing wonderful, amazing things. And I'm here to continue the conversation um, through the podcast platform of Latinx mental health and how we can all thrive. Um, so on that topic, I was able to uh, work on some things. I know we haven't, you haven't heard from us in a while, but I promise I haven't forgotten you. I was working on getting a wonderful co-host and I definitely found her. So she's with me here today and she's going to help with our podcast episode. I'm going to introduce you to La Estrella. Hi, La Estrella. Hola. Hi, Sirena. Thank you so much for having me and um, letting me join you, join you on this journey. I'm really excited to be here. So um, again, I'm La Estrella and I am joining Nopal Queens and kind of helping to navigate through some mental health um, things that come up in the Latinx community. I am actually a marketer um, in financial services. Um, you know, I'm a big DI advocate and um, bringing financial inclusion for the Latinx community um, in the financial world. And, you know, I'm also a first generation actual immigrant. Um, I was born in Mexico and moved to the U.S. when I was two. So I think I have a pretty interesting experience as far as, um, you know, like my, my story with my family and like my journey, my immigration journey here with my family to this country and just growing up and being raised in this country. But having been born in another country, I feel like brings a... A certain level of experience and hopefully I can add some great value to the podcast and you know and, and hopefully bring more topics to light that are very important to our community and and the comunidad latina and really excited to, to just dive in yes oh my gosh you're going to be so great me and la estrella have the best conversations when we were unpacking like mental health and i'm her, hearing from her perspective and i thought oh my gosh you need to join me on this show so i'm just really happy to have you here i know we've had great conversations you have had really um amazing unique experiences too so as we go on in the next few episodes you'll get to know a little bit more about her um, but today la estrella and i bring to you the topic of um mental health and generational wealth. Again, we really believe um, at Nepal Queens that mental health is not just a topic for fellow therapists to share with each other. It is actually a topic I want to reach far and wide. Um, all Latinx folks, um, no matter what field you're in. And so that's the really the spirit of our show is to find where Latinx mental health is not talked about enough and go there, talk about it, right? And then put some power behind that. So um, today we have a wonderful guest that we bring you and her name is Lucy D. King. She is a financial and business coach and she's also the founder of Viva La Budget and Finance. And I found her through her Instagram page, uh, which we will share on ours. Uh, she does a lot of great work with generational wealth and helping Latinos find their financial power. Um, so we're going to hear about her work today. And I, I've always loved this topic because we really are seeing a new generation of Latinx folks getting a um, higher education, moving into um, 
jobs in different fields that we haven't represented ourselves in before. Um, so a lot of us are finding ourselves building wealth. And so what does that all mean? So we're going to get into it today. So I want to turn it over to Lucy. How are you doing today, Lucy? Hello. Thank you so much, Sirena and Estrella for having me. I am super excited to share space with you and also talk to our Latinx community about the importance of building wealth as well as taking care of our mental health. Absolutely. So I want to take it back because I think this is a great topic, but it starts somewhere, right? So I have a question for Lucy and La Estrella. Where did you all start to realize how this topic of mental health and wealth um, intersect for Latinx communities? And maybe we'll start with um, La Estrella and then we'll go to Lucy. Yeah, um, for me, I think it wasn't until I got, I was like well into college, um, you know, coming from an immigrant family, we were just living check to check, right? We were just making sure we had the basics. We had, you know, food on the table and clothes on our back and a roof over our heads. There, It really didn't go beyond that. I think my parents were very much like, save, save, save. Try not to get yourself in, into too much debt. You know, when you're in debt, it's not good. You're, t you know, you're tying yourself and you don't want to be tying yourself and your finances down. So they were very scared to really do anything, right? To really make any moves. Um, so much so that they never bought a home, you know? They they were too afraid to, you know, try and, and see who can help them figure out how to buy a home. So, you know, I grew up in apartments. I And, and before I graduated high school, I was living, you know, in probably, I don't know, like a 500-square-foot trailer home, you know? And... I didn't know how to navigate that that financial world. So when I went to college I, and I turned 18, like I got a credit card and I was like, yay, look, I have all this money. Let me go spend it all and rack up, you know, my credit card debt. And, and that kind of started making me realize like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I doing? I'm getting myself into all of this debt. And now I don't know how to get myself out of it, you know, and I, I kind of didn't feel like I had a lot of resources to help me navigate that financial world that I just wasn't used to and I, I, I wasn't aware of. You know, being an 18-year-old and getting a credit card, like to you, you're thinking, yay, free money. Like I can go and spend all this and buy the things that I want. And then you're like, okay, I, I have to pay this back. Oh, there's actual interest. <laughs> you know, my gosh, I'm like paying all this money. How am I going to, how am I going to manage this? You know, so it, it was... It was really hard. So needless to say, my credit score right off the bat was not great, you know, and, and unfortunately, I've spent a lot of years now trying to get it back up to, you know, what is considered to be really good credit, right? But I feel like from a Latinx perspective, you you don't you don't know about that, you know, you're not really familiar with that. And, and hopefully, Lucy, you can kind of shed some light on a little bit of that and maybe some some resources and, and things that you do to kind of put that out to the comunidad so that we do know where to go to to find certain things that help us, um, you know, on our financial literacy journey as, you know, Latinx women. Yeah. Uh, Estrella, thank you so much for sharing your story because I think that's the first step that we Latinx community need to do. We need to know that everyone has had an overspending and oversaving. Um, you know, 
experience and that is okay like the first thing about financial literacy is that we need to start normalizing those conversations because the the system where we live you know tells us every day that we're not good with money that that we just have to live paycheck to paycheck so normalizing those conversations is huge for our community um so thank you for thank you for sharing your story thank you for telling us your you know your immigrant story that is not different than many other immigrants that are listening to the podcast right now so i just want to make sure that i that i t tell you thank you because my story is almost similar to yours i come from a background where my parents um, divorced uh, because of money and so i was carrying this baggage of like money trauma that was given to me that i didn't even know i was carrying on my shoulders I was a busy professional that was constantly believing that I had to overwork to earn my money. And I, I reached out to La Sirena because I wanted to share my story. And now even being present with you, um, the two of you right now, I've been able to heal my money trauma. And I'm, I'm here to talk about the importance of asking questions, the importance of understanding that you don't have to do it all, and the importance that your credit score does not define you as a person, as a human being, as part of our community. Yeah, I think for a long time I felt that, right? Like, oh, I have awful credit. Like, what am I doing? I'm this like horrible person and I don't know, you know, how to manage through my finances. Like I'm in college and like with all these other people who didn't have that immigrant experience like I did. So they had that education before they even, you know, went to school. So that definitely is, is thank you for calling that out. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. And, and let me, let me touch on a couple of things that you say, cause I was listening to you. There is this belief, too, that we have to know it all, right? And sometimes we blame ourselves. Like, I know that was my case when um, when I started my financial journey, which was three years ago. I, I started feeling guilty for overworking and not paying attention to my finances, right? And so I, I decided to look for that representation that I needed and I couldn't find her. I was looking for a Latina financial planner that could help me navigate the system and she wasn't around. And I was also denied access to the financial system because the, the few pl financial planners that I interview um, required me to have $100,000 to start investing. And over the last three years, I have learned that that is completely false. Our Latinx community can start investing with little as $5, if not less. And so navigating the system is becoming easier because now there's more, more of us out there talking about financial literacy. But yeah, we don't have to know it all. And the same thing, we don't need to do it all at once. So asking for help is huge because, you know, over the last three years, I've been diving deeply into um, not only learning about investing, but also our relationship with money and even my own relationship with money. I couldn't, I couldn't look at my finances. I didn't want to deal with, um, you know, these, uh, I want to say tierras that my dad inherited to us when, when we were little because there was a lot of money uh, baggage and trauma that associated with those things. And now, 
I'm able to like organize my finances. I'm able to teach Latinas and Latinx folks about the importance of creating systems to automate their finances, as well as the importance of not having to do it all. Because we don't want to be overworked, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Somebody had put this in perspective. They were like, a lot of folks want to be where their parents are because that's what they see right now. But they didn't see when their parents were struggling. They didn't see that their parents at one point had nothing. So a lot of times we're also trying to like put ourselves up against where our parents are, right? So like they own a car and a house. I should own a car and a house like right away. And we didn't see the times when they were not living in the house that they owned, right? Maybe even taking public transportation or just those early stages and to give ourselves grace that it does take time to build wealth. If you're like me and I have to build it from the ground up, maybe you inherit. That's awesome. (laughs) But if you're like me, uh, I'm building from the ground up. So I think that's super important, too, to remember that there's always a beginning to this journey. Right. And so I like what you're saying about even as little as five dollars, like you don't have to be at the end to start, you know, building your generational wealth. You can start literally at the beginning. Yeah, you have to create a financial habit. Right. Yeah. And uh, from my experience, like I've, I know that I'm not good at making massive change at once. Like, for example, I remember the day when I said, oh, I'm going to save $5,000 this year and I save zero. Right. But when I changed that perspective into I'm going to save $5 every paycheck and create the habit. Right. Because we're human beings. We don't like to do things that are complicated. I've created the systems. And so I said $5 every paycheck and then I'm going to automate the $5 so I don't have to think about it and I don't have to feel like my $5 have been taken away from me. So financial habits are huge and you have to start small. It's like people that that want to lose weight, right? Like the new year is coming and we have the tendency to say, I want to lose 50 pounds, right? I don't know how we even got to the 50 pounds, but we think that that's what we're, <laughs> what we want. And so rather than saying, I want to lose 50 pounds, if that's one of your goals, right? Not everyone wants to lose weight either. It's rather than saying 50 pounds, say, I'm going to lose a pound a week. And then at the end of the year, you have, what, 52 pounds? 52 weeks. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, it's just this idea of creating the habits that are going to be sustainable and that are also going to prevent you from suffering from start feeling depressed if you don't achieve the 50 pounds or the 50 you know the five thousand dollars like creating these small steps every day every week absolutely and i think the key is in in creating those habits it's what's going to help you build that generational wealth right like la sirena said the same for me i'm building from the ground up and it's easy and i think with social media and everything people posting like the best of the best and even if you know they may be balling on a budget we don't know that right so we want to continue to keep up with the joneses thinking oh i want to be able to do this like i want to invest you know five thousand dollars and maybe you know a company amazon or something and i want a house and i want a nice car and i want nice things but it all takes time right because Some of these, you know, a lot of people walking around out here, they have that generational wealth. We're we're barely starting right now, right? Whereas their families have been building for decades. So, you know, giving ourselves that grace and being like, you know what, it's going to take time and I'm doing the best that I can in this moment. Because definitely for me, I think 
having like money insecurity and food insecurity, like when I was in college, it had a huge impact on my mental health. And I was constantly feeling like, you know, am I going to have enough money to eat? Am I going to have enough money to pay my bills after I pay my tuition? You know, and I ended up accumulating a good amount of debt, I would say, for my for my undergrad because I was terrified to to not have enough money to even pay my rent, you know, so it's definitely important to remember that these habits start and they start small and you can continue to build on them. And that's how you like create this like foundation to keep building, because obviously we're not we're not going to be able to create maybe hopefully I'll be a millionaire one day. Right. But you will be. I don't, you claim but, it. <laughs> but like, you know, I don't know that I'll be able to build, you know three decades worth of generational wealth. But what my hope is, is to build that foundation that my kids and then my grandkids hopefully can just continue to to move forward and continue Mm -hmm. to build on. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I had in my head. Like the torch has been passed to us. Like my grandparents were just happy they got here and got into a house, right? And then my parents were just happy that they got their kids through school into college. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now us, we didn't, it's not, it's not that anymore, right? Like we navigated college, we finished, we have jobs. Now the torch is passed to like, I'm going to treat financial habits that build the wealth now. And then I'm going to pass it off to the next generation of my family to keep doing that, right? That's how we are the ground zero of the generational wealth. So we may not even have it all, but maybe in <laughs> two generations, right? They're going to be able to, mm-hmm. um, to benefit from that. So I, I do think it's a slow process, but the other thing that you were saying last is about like how, and I think Lucy, you alluded to this too, about traumas. Um, when we are so used to not having enough, I think even when we find that sweet spot of an income, right. Or start building, you almost never stop hustling. Like my dad to this day will always have two jobs. He does not need two jobs, (laughs) (laughs) but he like, you know, it's like they just, but the, the hustle never stops. Um, and yeah, and there's other traumas too. I think Lucy, you had been telling me about those when we were chatting, if you wanted to go into some yeah, of that. So thank you for that. And that's a great question. So over the last, um, three years, because I dive into like, okay, I'm going to create the habits. I'm in the process of building generational wealth, uh, for my family. And I am the first one in my family to ever invest. And so I, I am on track to become a my, the first millionaire in my family by age 65, um, but I'm working hard to yes. do it before then. Speak um, it into for, the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, you know, it's not just about like the numbers. It's not about, hey, yeah, I'm a, I'm a millionaire and yet me. Like for me, it's beyond that. So understanding my beliefs, right? Like my core values. And one of my core values is to be able to get back to my Latinx community by supporting their small businesses, by creating a scholarship for Latinx folks to even go to school, right? Because going to school is seen as, oh my God, I'm going to get in debt. And it's not debt. You're investing in yourself. You're investing in your future. You're bettering your generation, right? And so to answer your question, um, over the last three years, one of the things that I did different than most financial coaches out there or or most people talking about financial literacy is that I wanted to dive into the cause of why is it so hard for us Latinx folks to build wealth, right? 
and I came across the money trauma and the money disorders that are associated with the the cultural that we have, right? Our, our culture is so rich on so many things, but unfortunately, we're also followers of whatever my abuelita said, right? Like I remember my abuelita saying, oh, having money is bad. More money, more problems. And I 100% believe that, right? I remember hearing my abuela, don't ever want to have money because you're going to be having more problems. And so I wanted to go back to that. Like, okay, is this belief like true or does it mean more options? And right now, as I'm recording this podcast with you, I can tell you that more money has been has given me more options to take care of my mental health, for example, right? To, to learning about these money disorders that happen that we don't even know maybe we have. For example, uh, there is uh, financial trauma, right? Like if you had a parent that suffered from losing a job and you watch your mother just being heartbroken about losing their job and not having enough money and emergency fund, right? To cover rent, food, whatever, you have experienced financial trauma through your mother. There's also financial infidelity. When we keep things hidden from our partner, right? We're like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Macy's. I'm going to go get the shirt or whatever it is that you buy. And then you get the tag off and you get rid of the receipt and you don't tell your partner, right? Because you're afraid. I've done it. I Not with my husband right now, but in the past, right? And so learning that all of these uh, disorders are real and learning to fix them. I've had clients that I'm working with, you know, I, I don't disclose their name for confidentiality reasons, but I have clients that have money, savings, money, literally like currency money in their household because they don't believe in the bank system and they don't understand that they're hoarding money and they're losing value. You know, their, their $100 bill is losing to inflation. So having money in at home is not serving you. Right. So working with with someone that understands that the, the trauma behind the financial behavior is super, super important. And I've actually committed to get certified on that because I, I want to teach my what I call them, my busy mujeres, the importance of learning all of these because they're not just investing in themselves, but they're going to be teaching their daughters, their kids, their community. Right. So it's an investment for beyond like you were saying like, i think yesterday i said like you know you're passing the torch. maybe it was la sirena you're passing the torch so you want to be able to pass the torch that is also going to be the right torch because you don't want to pass the torch of like save 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 because that doesn't serve you totally and also i think about um this idea about if we even think we're worthy right mm. and the idea about moving up in our careers, asking for raises, going for those promotions and those positions, feeling safe in our workplaces, right? I think anytime I hear imposter syndrome, I actually think you may be one, you may want to reevaluate your space if you're having imposter syndrome because a liberating space would never make you feel that way. Um, and it takes the onus mm-hmm. off the person of color or the person in the marginalized identity to do the work around belonging. Maybe it's the space that's causing this feeling of belonging. So I know that there's also that, like what if their people are ambitious, they, they want to do more than save, right? And they want to take it to the next level, but they just don't feel like they are worth it. I think there's also 
a piece there that we do have to do our own worthy work. I don't know. I made that term up. I don't think that's real, but you know, worthy work. Like, <laughs> I like it. I'm, I like I'm, it. Yes. You know? And I definitely <laughs> had to do that before I got into the spaces that I'm in. I had to just really say, yes, go for it. You're worth it. And the fact that you don't think so, that's, that's not you. That's the space, you know, that needs to be a more, maybe a more liberating accepting space. So go in there, do the job because I had a, a workspace that I was in once where um, I'm just going to say it like white men failed up. Like they would get fired. They would get reassigned to even better positions. So you're just like, you know what? I could definitely do this work. If that person got fired and reassigned, ah, I have, right? And I just work in my, you know what, off? Like, no, I'm going to go for this. And I think I've had situations where I've seen that and I've just stopped myself from saying imposter syndrome. And I'm saying to myself, it's not you. That's the space. You are doing the best you can. I don't think there's more I can do without burning myself out, you know. Thank you for sharing that. I, If I may in, in say something here, because I'm passionate about teaching people to increase their self-worth in order to increase their net worth. So what does that mean? You have to love yourself and believe that you're worthy of good opportunities. Now, you're not going to wake up one day and be like, okay, now I'm ready. I'm worthy, right? It takes time, just like anything else we're talking about. So practicing gratitude, practicing um, learning the things that you are good at and being talking to yourself, being thankful, like, oh my God, like I'm a great baker. I'm a great cook. I'm a great, you know, I have great communication skills. Like, like owning that is going to help you start loving yourself more. And even talking to yourself. I mean, uh, you guys are therapists. I'm sure you encourage your clients to like, say like, Hey, talk to yourself kindly, right? Because we have these beliefs also that were given to us by our parents, maybe society, maybe even a partner that we once were in love told us that we were not worthy of money, worthy of this, worthy of that. So learning that those beliefs don't belong to you is key. And you have to also do things when, even when you're afraid. If you know that you can do heck of a job for your company, go ask what is needed for me to earn that position. And you're going to be afraid. You're going to be shaky because I know I experience it. My clients experience that. But doing things afraid is okay because without failing, you're not going to learn what it is that you need to get the promotion and ask for your worth, right? Because then we get the promotion and we're like, yeah, I have the title, but you're not being compensated. Like do the research to learn how, um, you know, how much money you should be asking for and look around, salary the comp, pay scale, like learning how much money you should be making and I learned this actually this year from um, Dr. Jasmine um, Caldera, I believe is her last name. Go and ask a white man how much money they're making for the same position. Because that's where the, the real um, wage gap, especially for Latinas, is, right? But you have to get over the fear of, oh my God, what are they going to say? ¿Qué van a decir? ¿Qué tal si no this? ¿Qué tal si no that, right? Because we are our worst enemy. Like, we always have those. And I have those beliefs now, right? Like, you, but you have to learn. Sometimes as I'm talking to my clients or even when I get a new opportunity to go speak, if I want to charge for my work, I have little Lucy telling me in my head, hey, that's too much. Maybe they're not going to accept you. La, 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 la. So I learned to say, little Lucy, thank you so much. You 
I, I know why you're telling me this, but I'm gonna ask for my worth. So owning that, right? And not feeling like, oh my gosh, que tal si estoy loco? Like all of these things, like you have to start by overcoming those limiting beliefs that are real one step at a time. Absolutely. Actually, Lucy, thank you so much for sharing that because Mm -hmm. that's absolutely true. Um, I think especially as women of color, we definitely have a harder time with this because we live in a culture, no matter where we are in the world, in a patriarchal world almost that wants to keep us from knowing our worth, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that also has a lot to do with us like telling ourselves that we shouldn't speak up and we're not good enough. You know, I I had this experience um, a few months ago because uh, six months ago I lost my job that I've had, uh, that I had had for almost nine years. You know, I had had that job security and, Mm -hmm. you know, good pay. And it was, you know, it was helping to sustain the, the lifestyle that I wanted to, to have with my family. And then, you know, it got, taken from me and I was like oh my gosh what am I gonna do what if I can't like my thoughts right away went to negative town like what if I can't get a job what if I can't what if I'm not good enough what if I thought I was better than I really was and I don't have the skills you know like just everything and early on right right when I got laid off I met with a career coach and she's like okay I want to get to know you a little bit you know tell me a little bit about yourself I think that that was a question she asked and I just broke down completely and started crying. And, you know, she was like, and I think she was a therapist too, um, a licensed therapist. So she was like, she started asking me some, you know, some, some questions to kind of dig a little bit deeper to see what, what it was that triggered me to break down from her question. And, you know, I let her know, like just what I just mentioned that I just didn't feel like I was good enough and my skills weren't good enough and I wasn't going to be able to get another good job. And she was like, you know what? You have to start exactly what Lucy was saying. Start working on yourself. Don't worry about looking for a job, getting your resume ready, none of that. Start doing some internal, like La Sirena said, worthy work. Practicing gratitude daily. Start journaling. You know, start doing things that bring you back to who you know deep down inside you are. But again, we're so afraid to to let that woman out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I I did that work for the last six months and, and really, you know, it was very hard mentally. You know, I have little kids and I felt like, oh, how am I going to, you know, take care of my family? But starting those little things, it's like you were saying, Lucy, like these little habits that you start small instead of feeling like we have to boil the ocean. So I started with like five minutes of gratitude every day and just doing little things that were helping me feel better about who I am and remembering like, yeah, I am that, you know, you know what the B word, (laughs) but you know, and it's like, and yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't say bitch. Um, But you know, when I got my job offer recently a month ago, um, I was like, I'm going to ask for more and you know, this is what I deserve. And of course I did all my research and all of that, but I was like, no, I'm not going to stop myself from knowing my worth. And, you know, I accepted a, a really great offer and I'm, you know, excited to be in the workforce again. And I'm like, there she is. Okay. I see you girl looking yes. at myself in the mirror. Like, okay, I got this. <laughs> like right. I can do this. Because it's never about your character. It's just circumstances in life. Yes. And it was you there all the whole time. You were going to get yourself to another place. So 
Awesome. Yeah, exactly. And Sean, you Estrella? Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> and, and you, yeah. I was going to say, all But I want to say something about Estrella. A couple of things that she did. Mm-hmm. She, she invested in a career coach, mm. right? To find the help that, that she was needed because that's another thing. I, I give 17 years of my life to a, a corporation that saw me as a problem once I became pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, what? Right? And so mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. life happens, right? Sometimes you have to change jobs. Sometimes you have to just leave a, a place that doesn't appreciate. And sometimes you, you know, you're let go because of whatever reasons. But she invested in herself. And that's mm-hmm. key for us Latinx folks that we feel like we have to do it all alone and you don't. I mean, there's coaches for everything right now. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn about career, there's a career coach, mm-hmm. personal finance, a financial coach. There's even coaches that teach you how to cook. Like I probably so, have There's self-love like, coaches. Like yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for your listeners, like sometimes we might see that it, that investing in a coach as an expense right like oh mm-hmm. me va a salir tan caro. like but we think about like the long-term results that you're gonna get and your mental health like what is that gonna do to your to your mental health right it's mm-hmm. gonna prevent you from feeling stressed from feeling unworthy so i just want to take time to like say yeah girl you go and yeah <laughs> drinks on you because that's huge <laughs> yes yes Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I want to mention uh, before I forget is that you also don't need to reinvent the wheel if you want to start investing. Like you can start investing through your employer sponsor programs because a lot of our community doesn't even know that investing in your 401k, 403b, that money gets invested in the stock market. So you don't even have to like go outside like it's there for you. And you should be contributing to those plans because you're working for that money. I don't like the concept of free money, right? When companies are like, oh, you're getting free money. Like, it's not free money. It's money that you are earning because of your hard work. So, you know, double deep on that. Like, it's already there. Start there and create awareness of your spending habits simply by doing a weekly check-in on your bank statement. Like, how does that look? Like, you don't even need to have all of the systems in place to start. Like, just start with those two. And yeah, journaling about, like, your money memories, your memory files. Like, when did you first learn about money? Like, how did that make you feel? Like, girl, I have journals of the last three years (laughs) of, like, you know, doing this work. And it's powerful because... I could not like have a podcast interview or even talk to someone like in the past without just like start bowling, you know, especially after I left a career of 17 years because yeah, I feel like I didn't even know myself. And so I was like, I I think that was because I, I put my worthiness in a title, in a company. And once I didn't have that, I was like, who the heck am I? (laughs) Right? And so it's okay for us to feel that way. Like, it's okay for us to also go to negative town, what Lestreya said. It's okay for us to feel that way. But, you know, one of the things that I do, because I do have those days when I don't feel like giving it my all, and I go to negative town, and then I just lightly slap (laughs) myself on the face, and I said, okay, you're done, get up and move now. (laughs) Yes. 
I've I've learned to do that. Like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give mm-hmm. myself, you know, one day to commiserate and dwell mm-hmm. in my misery, and then tomorrow mm-hmm. I'm back and I'm, yeah. you know, gonna kill the day again. You know, just to give yourself some time to actually release those emotions and not allow them to block you, right? Yes. Moving forward and stop getting in our own way. Ah, exactly. Yeah. It- so as we end our episode, I could just talk to Lucy and Alastria forever about this topic. Um, I wanted to see, Lucy, how does somebody get set up for your services and what can they expect? Yes, yeah, so um, you can visit my Instagram page, which is mainly where I spend my time. And you can apply to work with me for 12 weeks. Um, and then through that process, we start from the beginning. We talk about your money story, your money files, um, a lot of like work into why do you believe certain things about money. I walk them through systems to automate their finances because I want to teach you how to just set it and forget it. And at the end of the program, um, people are able to open their own investments accounts, do it themselves, not have to rely on a financial planner or a money manager, which will charge you fees. Like I want you to be 100% comfortable doing things yourself because my hope is that this is gonna be an investment for you that you can teach your daughters, that you can teach your abuelitas, your mom, right? And so maybe your abuelita doesn't trust a financial planner. So she needs to be able to do it herself. And I, pay, I help people obviously pay up debt um, by teaching them what's the best option for them but also even going deeper into should you pay off your debt mm-hmm. now or should you invest? And you can do both at the same time. But yeah, I've, I've had clients that love my program because <laughs> I'm kind of funny, I think. <laughs> and, and, the, and, you know, I, I do believe in, mm-hmm. in what I'm doing because I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've walked myself through those shoes and I've been able to become the first investor in my family, but I'm certainly not the last. My mother... She's over 60 years old. She's become an investor. My niece, 19 years old, she's become an investor. My two-year-old and my (laughs) three-year-old are investors. And my husband, who's an educated man that had no idea about this, is also an investor. So, yeah, there's. it only takes one (laughs) person. I always say that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And only one woman because women... When we learn something, we teach our families. We teach generations and generations of people. So I think it's so important for Mm -hmm. us, especially as women of color, to be passing these things down, right, to our families and helping to just keep building on that wealth. And not overwork because that's, right, that's the whole concept of our chatting, that we don't have to overwork (laughs) and we have to get get away from that idea that, 13, 12 hours a day work is not sustainable for your health, you know, physical and mentally. So, yeah, understanding that it's okay for us to learn the systems that, you know, other uh, other people are using to build wealth and give back to our community because we need we need more more people that are giving back to our community. We are educated, talented, highly trained, experienced people who deserve the jobs and the income Mm. that we're asking for. We're not here just to be the help, right? So thank you so much to... 
I yep, mic drop here. I might I dropped mic the drop. mic. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for both of you just spending time with our comunidad and our listeners at Nopal Queens. And um, we're gonna keep coming to you every month with episodes on how mental health intersects with different parts of our lives. And we would love to hear from our listeners as well about your own experiences with money. And we'll be sharing Lucy's wonderful services as well on our Instagram. All right, thank you both so much. Pull up and you play back again.